Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the new season of the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And because you've come back, we want to hit you up with a great deal from our friends at beer 52 Because you're such a loyal listener, if you sign up within the next two weeks, you will get two extra beers free. So that's 10 free beers, and all you have to do is pay £4.95 in packaging, and they will be delivered straight to your door. So we've got four autumn fixtures coming up before the World Cup, so you could get 10 free beers to help you through those. That's www.beer52.com forward slash thistle. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle to get 10 beers delivered straight to your door get on it now all right welcome back thistle scottish rugby podcast one pod in one scotland game one loss how are we feeling about it lads matt and alan both here how are you not bad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch the match, and I haven't actually brought myself to watch it since. But I still feel pretty down. Yeah, exactly. You still feel gutted about <laughs> yeah. it, Alan. It's like I have watched it. Um, I was in a pretty low moment while I was watching the game. And yeah, it sort of brought me into a little bit of a pit of despair. Like real, like looking at my life choices, like <laughs> what's happened. So, no, feeling better now. It is the it is the sort of the soul searching that only watching Scotland play international rugby can bring. Only watching Scottish rugby hungover in a Premier Inn 
on the Premier Sports app yeah. on your mobile phone <laughs> can really bring. Oh, God. The, the, um, I, I would have cut, cut my losses. Yeah, like, I know. This, this game's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Premier Sports chucked much money at like the um, studio design for like uh, where Doogie Donnelly and stuff were. Not Doogie Donnelly. Um, Doogie, Doogie Vibemond were um, sitting. Yeah. No, not at all. Like a silver cardboard box. I actually quite like Al Kello, but I feel like there's something a bit rogue about bringing what is essentially an SRU employee on to a, be an analyst exactly. on Premier Sports. He is an SRU ambassador yeah. <laughs> on SRU both ambassador. the performance and the commercial side. There's yeah. only one way he can really lean. He's like, like, how terrible were SRU? And he's like, look, things didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> But we're moving forward. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Mike Dalton's just at the back watching him. Yeah. Uh, he also sounds like somebody doing an impression of um, him. I, like I his was, voice yeah, is really strange. It is. It's a bit of kind of almost a Sean Connery. Yeah. And then like a really hammed up Scottish accent. It's like somebody who like do an impression of Al Kellogg. And yeah. that is Al Kellogg's yeah. voice. It's really, really strange. <laughs> it's quite disconcerting. It's very, very odd. Well... Thank you very much. We've had, actually, I think this is a record week for correspondence. So thanks very much for it. We're going to be getting into that. But just a little preview. Some of the email titles are The Drubbing in Nice, um, Genuinely What the Fuck, <laughs> Shit Has Just Got Real, <laughs> and um, In Case the Mailbag is Empty Again. So there's lots of stuff for us to get into uh, there. So thank you very much. That is the thistle rugby at gmail.com. Like a, the shit just got the real. The shit just <laughs> got real. Um, on Twitter has been absolutely buzzing as ever. Um, Thistle uh, Rugby Pod on there and Instagram memes. We're getting it out there. Thistle underscore rugby oh, underscore okay. pod. So get in touch. Um, so thanks very much for that. We usually start with a bit of news. There hasn't actually been a huge amount, but we very quickly touched on a few things. Um, Edinburgh have signed under-20s hooker Ewan Ashman on a short-term loan to cover the World Cup. Um, interesting fact, he was the top trier at the... Un- top try-scorer. Top trier. Try <laughs> tried so hard. They got relegated. The, the team that gets relegated always got get top trier. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But the top try-scorer. The whole under-20s. Yeah, seven tries for seven a hooker. tries. He looked from from the, the matches I watched, which were pretty painful. He was one of the few bright sparks, and I think when hookers score tries, normally it's sort of flopping at the back of them all. But I actually think quite a few of the tries were a bit more than that. So be interesting to see how he how he does if he gets a wee shot during the World Cup. You'd expect so, and knowing how injury prone all of our hookers are, you never know. Maybe he's going to get a call up to the national side. I mean, I suppose though, <laughs> at Edinburgh, you've got. Um, McAnally, Cherry, yeah. Fenton, and then there's Michael Willems, a guy as well. Yeah. So Probably he, he is real backup. <laughs> yeah. But you never know. Never Edinburgh know. potentially probably expecting that one of either Fenton or Cherry will probably get called up to the Scotland squad at some point. <laughs> but yeah, with Ford gone now as well. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not that big a queue. Exactly. So we'll see. Watch with interest on how he gets on. I think, I mean, it's filed on the Sun's website under their WTF panel, but I will put it in the news because it's absolutely amazing. Former world heavyweight champion of the world, boxing legend George Foreman, has uh, revealed that he really wants Scotland to win the Rugby World Cup. So there you go. I mean, commercial opportunity? Discount on George Foreman grills? 
Oh, yeah. Maybe you could do like a kind of tie up between like uh, Howie's black pudding and like George Foreman <laughs> grills or like square sausages. That's perfect for a Foreman grill. He actually I mean? gets all the fat out of it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And it kind of fits in perfectly. That's, I'd not actually maybe that's, what, maybe that's what Foreman's really going for. I hadn't actually thought about the commercial element, but now I see it. It's obviously a Mark Dodson ploy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They're going to be the official grill partner of Scottish <laughs> Rugby. <laughs> the, the only other explanation is, I'm, I'm pretty sure Foreman, obviously in his career, got punched in the head a lot of times. And I think he's had some, you know, some brain damage. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he might be talking slight nonsense. Um, I'm not commenting on that because that was quite mean. But <laughs> speaking of BBC Sports Sign programme... The 70-year-old said, one of my bucket list things is to see Scotland really winning the World Cup in rugby. I mean, look, how long ago was it? Was it 1871? <laughs> oh, God. Always, the biggest challenge you're going to get in the world is going to be from Scotland. So you're not, you're not commenting on what I just said, but you are kind of confirming it. I, d- I don't know. I'm just, I'm reading that as a verbatim <laughs> That's quote. That's not true. I, it's a verbatim quote. Look, look how long, look, how long was it? 1871. Who's he, where, where's this? What's the context of this? Nobody what's knows. What's the interview? Nobody knows. He, says, <laughs> give me a, he says, give me a World Cup for Scotland and then I may consider a rest. <laughs> <laughs> He's been working for years to deliver the World Cup to Scotland. All of his boxing career has led him to this moment. <laughs> I, I genuinely think this is a bit worrying. <laughs> I think it's an unbelievably good omen. Yeah, we let's, need, look, let's, look, let's look at it that way. We need an ambassador. We need, you know, a fat fighting a grill partner. Yeah. <laughs> Commercially savvy Commercially partner. savvy, you know, you know well, kitchen yeah. appliance. If George Foreman listens to the pod and he wants to send us over to Japan to grill some sushi to, oh, make, it, it, yeah. to yeah. make it normal fish, then... <laughs> normal fish <laughs> you know like fish. so going to japan be like look at this raw fish we're gonna cook it for you you've been doing it wrong for centuries <laughs> george buy george foreman grills <laughs> i'm gonna email them tomorrow this is yeah. this yeah. is happening we're still going to japan lads it, there's still uh the dream is alive still life there um paul's taking a weird turn yeah paul's taking a oh, very weird. weird turn um so but i mean from a bit of sort of levity and you know an enjoyable moment Shall we look back? There's no more news to hide behind other than to uh, go back and look at the Scotland-France game at the weekend. Cool. Can I, can I open it up with um, one of those lovely emails from our, um, from our listeners? This is Ewan Ross. Um, he says, um, As a Scotland, Scotsman exiled in Wales, your pod has kept me well-informed and entertained with the game at home. I look forward to your coverage of the Super Six as there will be hee-haw down here. Um, a couple of things I hope we can discuss this week. Was there any redemption to be had in that performance in Nice, or was it as bad as it looked? And secondly, I know we're going for this fastest international rugby thing, and that could be what ruled out Dunky Weir and Richie Gray from the squad, but do we actually have A, the ability, or B, an alternative when this plan doesn't happen? P.S. I know it's been years now, now, but with the World Cup looming, is anyone else wondering why we let Big Vern go so easily? I don't, go- I don't want to attack that. There's a lot, lot going on there. So, so why don't we, we start with, is there any redemption positive. to be had from the performance, or was it as bad as it looked? Alan. Mm, I was thinking about this. 
because obviously I think actually Townsend and specifically Matt Taylor have had a lot of shit over this, especially that Tom English article, which was probably fair but relatively savage on the BBC. But I think obviously looking at the players, do you think one player beat their opposite man on Saturday? I know it's I know it's a team game, but ultimately head on, I think every Scottish player on that pitch had put in a less performance than their opposite man. Yep, I can't think of one that what, Rory Hodgson when he came on in the starting fifteen. A bit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm so I think that's Charles like there. putting aside any sort of tactics or you know. Tr- you know, preparation. I think that was that was a little bit kind of frustrating. That you know, obviously, it's the first game of the World Cup, and I think World Cup before the World Cup, and you were sort of hoping that this is the time where a lot of players are going to sort of put up their hand and almost probably sort of take that performance a little bit further. And there really wasn't anyone, potentially apart from Jamie Ritchie, mm. who I think really pushed their case to be, be on that plane. And maybe once again, a sub, and probably. It's because he was in stark contrast to who he was effectively replacing, but Matt Ferguson, when he came on, I thought was pretty good compared to, apart from the missed tackle, compared to Strauss. Once again, a pretty like a mass is a contrast rather than a comparison. Yeah. But my only thought about Matt Ferguson is he is absolutely massive these days. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. he He's is cool. looks bigger and bigger. So much he was looking really big at the end of last season. Yeah. I know, but you, you can, that reminds me a little bit. Do you remember like the 2011 World Cup? When we all got huge. Well, we literally, everyone put on a stone and a half. It was 07. Was it 07? Everyone got huge. Everyone put on a stone and a half. Yeah. And we looked we huge. We beat South Africa in a warm-up, I remember. Oh, really? You've been chatting about a lot of real warm-up chat recently. <laughs> oh, we, beat Ar- we beat Ireland. We beat Ireland. We beat Ireland. Because that is when, I think, was it Joe, maybe Joe Ansborough scored? Anyway, it's... That, um, that was um, 11. That's too early, yeah, for but, Joe Ansborough. But no, you're right. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, once again, it kind of, I think it depends on the, the context of like, if you look at that France team, obviously they've they've cut their squad early. They said, you're our squad. So that means they've had more time to train together. Yes. There is an and, then, and then with, with Scotland, obviously there's new combinations, I suppose. And then there is maybe this theory that Scotland were using this game as sort of an extension of their conditioning work. Yeah. Which, I su- it must like you know, that there must be some science and logic behind that in terms of period periodization and peaking and that kind of thing, directed by Townsend and the strength and conditioning staff. Yeah, but I don't really see why you would do that. I th- personally, I, I also don't, I don't believe it as we were talking about earlier, like because both Townsend and Matt Taylor have talked about you know how surprised they were that the players were that weren't physically ready. Yeah, They were unfit so early on in the match. And I suppose even though France have cut their squad earlier, it doesn't mean that they've had more time to do more fitness work. Yeah. No, not they, they've been in this, they're doing the same volume. You know? Yeah. I was, I was rinsing the, the France team for their supposed fitness before this. I was made to look quite stupid. I mean, they looked... I, I think there is a bit of France were good. Mm. That is a decent, a decent French team that seemed to add to their, you know, mercurial individual talents and play a bit as a unit. Yeah, they absolutely monstered us at the breakdown. I think yeah. one name that's not being mentioned in the Scotland setup at the moment, Danny Wilson, the guy that came in replacing. Um, uh, do I mean Danny? Uh, Dan McFarlane? Yeah, Dan Dan McFarlane. replacing yeah, Dan, Dan McFarlane. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that breakdown work, that area. 
it's been an issue for us and we yeah. were absolutely blown away um, by yeah. France. We didn't control the ball. You know, another question which we talked about this week, which maybe we can touch on now, because we're getting we're seeing Greg this weekend. Ali Price didn't seem to be able to put a stamp on the game with a, a controlling performance yeah. that was maybe required when it was running away from us. I ultimately just don't know if Grieg would have made would done any better. I actually don't even know how much more Finn would have done. I think ultimately Hastings is a little bit of a poorer version of Finn. And if they're both not getting front foot ball, yeah. they both yeah. struggle to do anything. And ultimately, both in attack and defence, outside of a few sort of moments here and there, the Scotland pack was getting utterly dominated. Those sort of like runners down kind of between nine and ten and ten and twelve. If they weren't not they weren't making loads of like clean breaks, but they were making yards yeah. every time. Like Cal Michat was literally just throwing boys off. Yeah. Him, he's, so, he's so much better than Garada. Oh, he's so he's good. So good. But yeah, and it's just they just seem to be every time France got a couple of phases, they just got momentum and go forward so, so quickly. And ultimately we just in defence just struggled to deal with that. I think that and Particularly in the first half, there were moments where Scotland going forward looked threatening. We were getting into the 22 and things like that. And then it was sort of basic mistakes. Lots of knock-ons, lots yeah. of turnovers. Not enough patience as well. Overthrowing line-outs, like really bad like set-piece stuff, which mm. you hope just playing a bit more at that very competitive level. And when you start getting your combinations that are going to be your regular team, you will see yeah. it go down and down. But um, yeah, there's not. I don't think there's a huge amount of redemption to take away from the fact that it was the first of four warm-up games. Yeah. And there was no significant injuries to major players that we know of, unless the, maybe people carrying knocks that hasn't really been announced, but nothing, no people out of the squad. You Duncan can, Taylor you can, got 45 yeah. minutes in. He was pretty good. Yeah, I thought Rory Hutchinson did look good when he came off the bench. Taylor, yeah, Taylor looked fit as well. Like he, he, looked, he yes. was, his work rate was incredible. Yeah, um, I mean, he was absolutely fucked at the end of it. But um, I, I thought, the other, the other kind of positive is like, I mean, there's some people who aren't going to get a look in again. Like, like now, you, you, Strauss probably will never play for Scotland again. I think Strauss is out. I think Jamie Batty was woefully off the pace. Yeah. really, really poor. Even um, like, Tulis might have. Played himself out. I don't know. Tulis looked absolutely fucked. But then even, af- <laughs> even after literally like five minutes, Tulis yeah. looked terrible. But yeah. then maybe that's harsh because I think Tulis within the last like year or so mm. has been one of Scotland's best performers. Mm. Tulis and Gilchrist. I'm just a, not quite sure what been... was. I just I don't understand why you why you would purposely beast your team and then in the lead up to it, like an intense game, which if anything would. Increase your risk of injuries. Yeah. But it, uh, it, it was a lot of that pack outside of people like Richie and probably McAnally, who are probably like quite leaner, fitter people in general. Yeah. Just their build. Yeah. Like Barkley, Strauss, Tulis, Batty were all very early in, completely done. Barkley, literally five minutes after the start of the second half, where you think you'd, you know, you get yeah. some more back. I remember looking at the side of the rock, and honestly, he looked like he was about to keel over. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's humid, and I know, but ultimately, <laughs> got to get ready for Japan. It's 8 p.m. I, I know. Like, I, it's going to be worse I, in Japan. I, I don't know. I just can't think of a, a time I've seen a Scotland team look so exhausted within the first 
Yeah. Well, 10, 15 like, minutes. Literally like first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And we talked about this again earlier, and Matt, you've been crunching the numbers. The first 10 minutes for Scotland under Gregor Townsend has been a pretty poor time. We conceded early in this game, obviously. Classic Scotland. Didn't collect the kickoff. I think it was one of the most classic Scotland yeah. tries. Didn't collect kickoff. Over through the line. Over through the and then, then some pretty poor defence. Yeah. Bad defence. Like, hey, Raka, welcome to international rugby. Yeah. Would you like to go underneath the post? Who was it he ran? Th- he didn't actually really run through anyone. Oh, no, but it, 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 he ran it through was, it a, was, a big uh, hole, it was, which was yeah. there. And then it was a one-on-one yeah. tackle with Strauss, which is probably a bit hard, but harsh to make the tackle. But yeah, it was Strauss. <laughs> yeah. And it was also Strauss that missed the tackle when um, yeah. DuPont scored. It was a very Scot- classic Scotland. But what were the stats that you said that? Averages how many points conceded by Scotland in the first 10 minutes of games? Uh, I think it's. I didn't actually. I just realized I didn't actually include the French match, so that would make it a bit higher. So it's about five. About five. So a try. Yeah. yeah. In average, under Gregor Townsend. And, and I think, if anything, that's been getting worse well, since you, the start many, of his reign. How many did we concede against England? At 21. Well, 21 in the first 20 minutes. In the first 20 minutes? Yeah, 21. We conceded very early against Ireland in the Six Nations as well. Um, the, there was the Maitland Seymour miscommunication yeah. at the back. Yep, yep. That was a, a muck yep, up. That was seven points in the first seven 20. pointer. Wales. I feel that we went down to them early in the Six Nations as well. Yeah, there's just been a few matches like when Scotland. Remember when Scotland lost that match yeah. at the Millennium thirty four seven, where they were down by I think fifteen points in the first done. 10, 15 minutes. And I mean, and you look at just the overall defensive record and it's sort of conceding an average of 23 points a match, which first off seems high and then you compare it, you know, versus the rest of the, particularly the home nations. Yeah. And they're down at like 16, 17, 18. Yeah. And I would say they have averagely had harder opponents. Oh, if you you look at, that's Gatlin's record over like... Tens and tens of games. Yeah. And then you look at um, the matches they've played and it's like three match series against New Zealand, for yes. example, mm-hmm. in New Zealand, which Scotland would never dream of organising. Well, so if you think about last autumn, we conceded what, like, or two autumns ago, conceded like 45 points against Samoa. Yeah. Almost lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a lot of a, other tier one nations are going to ship that many to a Pacific Island team at home. It's It's been... It's been obviously a recurring theme of this pod. And it's not... And I think Gregor Townsend got a lot of stick for it around not having this plan B. And, you know, when this fast yeah. rugby doesn't work, that we don't have the forwards to be able to kind of shut it down a yeah. little bit or match a pack when they're really kind of yeah hitting their stride. And ultimately, Dave Rennie has got the same issue as well. It ain't just a Gregor Townsend thing, you yeah. know? It, and I know people are sort of calling out for this plan B. I just actually just don't think it could... I don't think there's anything you can do to implement yeah, that. Yeah, because I suppose like, we're not sort of traditionally like that yeah. big as a people. You've got They've got to sort of work really hard to find yeah. specimens. Um, but this, this would be the perfect kind of match where 20 minutes in, like think, shit has hit the fan. Like things are not going well. And it's like, right, guys, we need to just tighten up the basics like make sure the set piece is right let's just send like some big forward runners into like nine and ten channels i think we would get 
utterly well that's the thing dicked over if we did that i mean who would be sort of taking those roles like yeah. even strauss tried to hit it i mean strauss isn't the player he was so i remember that away game in france of three years yeah. ago he's not that really that player anymore and I, you're right i Outside of sort of your Matt Ferguson's, even your Barclays, he can't do that. Richie, he's relatively lightweight at that yeah, level. for sure. And even, like, Toulouse and Gilchrist can, like, truck it up, but ultimately... They're not going to be, like, smashing through the gain line. Yeah. I mean, you look I mean, at someone someone's... like Vahamina, just because he's so big. Yeah. Like, it takes a couple of guys to stop him, and he can build momentum. Do you know who really needs to be looking at themselves in the mirror? Is the person who decides where the Scottish international rugby reps go. He put a man in Japan and then we missed out on Aldrit who was and, sitting in France all along. Yeah. And Lambie. And Lambie. And Lambie. They are literally two players <laughs> that would take Scotland's team to like the next level. Also, They're exactly like, the two players. Yeah. You put Lambie in a lineup, you're like, he is definitely Scottish. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think no the suspicion he's... was like, he's Scottish. Like, have you looked into that? Nah. <laughs> but they have looked into it and he is Scottish qualified. The whole time we got some lad like in Nagasaki just like chilling out trying to find... Well, it looks and like, yeah, we I do agree. do have a commemorative tartan with Yokohama, though. Yeah. So, so, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go and scout in Japan, which is another traditionally small country. Yeah, yeah. Ewan Johnson's been playing for uh, Racing 92 in their preseason. Yeah, saw that. For their first really? team. Oh, really? And the top 14 kicks off this weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> That's so bleak. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, shall we look forward or is there anything else we can take out of last weekend I think I actually think Jamie Ritchie does really need to sort of get a little bit of a mention because I think you know in sort of the carnage of French players sort of running through and offloading on so many occasions he was the one and again he said he is a lightweight guy he might even be the lightest forward in that team he's also like 22. And he seemed to be making the most dominant hits yeah. of every forward. I thought team. it was the same in the Six Nations in a lot of games like Wales at home where we got physically dominated. And he seemed to be the only one that was showing that kind of dog and grit. He's consistently performed for Scotland. Yeah. Surprisingly well, I thought, actually. Like, yeah. I've always rated him, but I think he's been one of those guys yeah. who who's up yeah. their game when they've made that step up. I think coming out of the rubble of last weekend, I thought Jamie Ritchie, um, Duncan Taylor... Rory Hutchison, when he came on, showed some nice touches. I thought Matt yeah. Ferguson, when he came on. I thought Matt Ferguson yeah. showed some nice touches. Matt Ferguson, again, more so than most of the forwards, just seems to be able to stop those French forwards. Yeah. Like, when he makes a tackle, that's that's it. Whereas yeah. every time a lot of your Batties and your Gilchrist, they were making just that two, three yards in contact every single time. And it just... Every, if that just happens two or three times you're just completely mm. on the back foot I think as you said it was it was guys who didn't look fit so you've got people like Barkley and Toulouse and Strauss Strauss trying to get around the corner Yeah, they're on the back foot they're not set in a defensive position the last thing they're thinking about is where they are in the line like they can't even they yeah. can barely speak Yeah, and then you've got a big guy running at them with momentum yeah I, yeah. I mean what, Fran, France did look good but Scotland made their life extremely easy I also have a bit of a man crush on Pinot. He's really, really good. He, and he also looks good. He looks like a, mo- he <laughs> looks like a model. And yeah. that French centre partnership is really nice. I think the wingers are better. I think Raka and Pinot yeah. and du- Dupont is under- Dupont's, du- Dupont's so good. kicks to touch 
Oh, it's so going, like, good. 60 metres off a box kick. I know. It's just it's so how, good. No one can do that. Uh, yeah. I'd actually like to give an honourable mention to Air Shabul, uh, Gordy Reid, because I actually thought he put in a decent shift when I he mean, came on. He is literally, he's Air Shabul's first ever cap. Yeah. Unreal. Which is great. Yeah. Congratulations to the Air Shabul's. <laughs> They've worked for hundreds of years <laughs> yeah. to get their cap. First Super 6 team to get an international cap. I think they nearly had one in the 1871 World Cup. But yeah, I, did, yeah. I think they just missed out in 1871. Yeah, I thought Gordy had a decent game. I actually thought Scott Cummings looked lively when he came all, off the bench as well. Yeah, for a first cap. Yeah, he but he's a not. Start, no? I think he deserves he deserves a start. He's going to get an opportunity here. I don't think he's going to be that frontline second row option for Scotland when we get down to starting. But yeah, he's a prospect. There's like the classic Scottish reaction currently to now any bad second row performance to like. Get Richie Gray. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there's a Richie Gray hasn't had a big performance for Scotland since about 2015. Since he dummied um, Rob Carney in the World Cup. That on YouTube, though, is yeah, oh, one sick. of the best moments. That's Car- Carney, Carney was like, I'm buying this dummy. <laughs> like, yeah. I've got a choice to make <laughs> yeah. here. He's like, oh, wanna, no. And I don't want to try and tackle him. In terms of Scotland v Island highlights, that's only, that's only second to the Johnny. To BT. Oh, that B yeah. run. It's just runs over good. O'Leary. Dan, so Dan Parks is um, winning yeah, conversion oh, to the touchline. Too Kirk good. Park. Would you would you be on the phone to Richie Gray? A lot of calls for Duncan Weir as well after God. Hastings. I can't performance. come on. Dun- oh, yeah, I know. I heard that. I saw that. <laughs> A lot of calls for Duncan Weir. I think it'd be interesting to see how Skinner goes because I think. Him and Johnny Gray together could potentially start. Yeah, yeah. I think that gives you an edge. And Skinner seems well, to be pretty handy with the with the ball as since well. Skinner he, shaved his head as well. He's looking he pretty looks intimidating, terrifying, mate. Blade Thompson. Oh, I think Skinner's put on. Maybe it's just the skinhead. It looks like he's put on bulk as well. Like, yeah, he looks massive. He's got a new cider company as well that all the lads really? are promoting. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah, again, got to commercialize. Exactly. <laughs> Sam Skinner, you want to sell some cider? We're yeah. here. Mike yeah. Dodson's like, look, get him in the starting fifteen. Yeah. Cider and grilled, <laughs> cider and grilled meats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what do we make of the team for this we, week? Then, I guess it's interesting comparing the Scotland and the France team. So France yeah. have changed maybe what, two or three players. I think they've put in Ramos and Lambie and Gerardo. And Gerardo's come back. Yeah. Scot- and then they've moved Eteria to six from eight. Scotland, those 14 changes. Exactly. Stuart Hogg, the only man retaining his place at fullback. Gordy Reid, George Turner and William Nell. Scott Cummings, Sam Skinner in the second row. Back row, Ryan Wilson, Hamish Watson and debut for the Blade Thompson. The 32nd outing for Greg Laidlaw and Finn Russell at 9 and 10. A much-discussed centre partnership so far. Pete Horn and Chris Harris, and then a very familiar back three, Sean Maitland, Tommy Seymour, and uh, Stuart Hogg. Bench, Grant Stewart, Alan Dell, Simon Bergen, Grant Gilchrist, John Barkley, George Horn, Rory Hutchison, and Blair Kinghorn. Lads, where do you want to start? I feel like it's going to be the midfield. I didn't actually want to start there, but we might as well talk about it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised that either, as you, as you said, it's right, lads, this is your final shot. You've got to make an impression. Or I think that that, that Townsend Tunes, uh, thinks of that as a genuine possibility of a, of a center combination. For the Ireland game. Possibly. Which I think is just, like so bad. I, there, there are two worse centers. I thought we would see 
our first choice team for this game because ultimately I know we got Georgia and I'm sure it'll be difficult but ultimately this is like the last big game yeah. before we play Ireland and I thought he would want to put just terms of continuity we'd want to put like his and obviously you might have some changes but he put his number one team out exactly. to challenge themselves against a big tier one side which is why and, I just and this isn't this isn't going to be it, which so. is why I was really surprised by the selection yeah. I was sort of like well what are you hoping to get from these games now is it literally just like giving people giving people game time so they feel fit and avoiding injuries I, I mean maybe they'll maybe they'll spring a surprise and win this game but then you're probably not going to pick that as your starting 15 so yeah what's the point well Townsend's been in the press this week and saying the, the strategy, or I think it wasn't Townsend, it was a source close to camp, said that the strategy was that the France games were to give everyone in that 41 or whatever 40 it is some game time. So there's some players from last week that are never going to play, that are done. Yeah. And then the Georgia games were to focus in on starting 15 type Stuff. So, you know, he's got four games. He wants to give everyone a run out at a top level and then he starts to hone in in the build up towards Ireland. So, I guess that. But say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Still, I mean, Chris Harris has had some very good performances for Newcastle in the Premiership. He has been given opportunities in a Scotland jersey by Gregor Townsend. And unless I have missed something, he has never actually raised his game at that level and, and turned in a performance that makes you turn your head. And if you compare it to somebody like Sam, Sam Johnson, who's come in and like grabbed his opportunity and now he looks entirely set to go. Yeah. Or Pete Horn, who has had many good performances in Scotland, in a Scotland jersey at 12. Alan, you can talk about it later. <laughs> But Chris Harris is the one for me in all of that center crop that is not showing the huge amount of form or has money in the bank. So I, it's a bit funny for me. I'm probably more surprised by Pete Horn, to be honest. Because I kind of thought with Chris Harris, clearly like they do rate him. I, I know he's had a limited set of games in Scotland. Clearly they think he is a quality player. And potentially they're just like, he needs his opportunity to shine at that stage. Yeah. Whereas with Pete Horn, it's like, 
like we know what Pete Horn can do. He is a solid player. Ultimately, are we going to come out of this game with a, any, with a change of view on Pete Horn? I don't think that's ever going to happen. At the moment, what centre? Say you take four centres, what four are you going to put on the plane right now? So Johnson, Taylor, definitely go. I still think Jones has enough cash in the bank. And I would take Hutchison. That's what I would take, but I don't think they'll take that. But the, I think they will take Horn. In place of? But then maybe, Hutchison well, covers 10. Maybe, yeah. And ultimately, if you have Horn and... Sorry, if you have Taylor and Johnson, like that's 12-1-2 right there. Yeah, but then I suppose you could play Taylor at 13. Yes. Yeah. But I guess in terms I, of I, Horn, ju- I just I think that they I, I think that Horn has played in quite a few big matches for Townsend and I actually think he has quite a lot of credit in the bank. I agree. Townsend with that. likes Horn. And I don't I think he doesn't think of him just as a oh he he's a twelve who can cover ten. And I hope he doesn't because Horn at ten has always been a bit of a disaster. So bad. I think he he considers Horn to be quite an integral part of the way he wants to play. Because he's more of a distributor, even than someone like Johnson. So yeah. I, I think Horn will go, personally. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want him to. But I think he'll go. I mean, it, it seems as if going back to Chris Harris, that I think we talked about last week that um, Harris at his best is nowhere near as good as Jones at his best, for example. Yeah. And I think in this situation where you have warm-up games, I would have played Jones again. And being like, look, let him play yeah. himself into form. Yeah, and it might not work, but I think that's the kind of gamble you would take. Harris yeah. is, in many senses, a very safe option. Like he's not gonna maybe miss many tackles. Uh, he's gonna put in the work rate, but is he gonna do? Is he gonna make like huge breaks like we know Hugh Jones can? We haven't seen it. It's a fair point, actually. Of all of all the backs who needed game time during this. Yeah. Pre World Cup period because of fitness and like not form confidence and not playing for Glasgow that much at the end of the season. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Kyle Stain, cut from the Scotland squad, kept Hugh Jones out of the Scot- uh, out of the Glasgow team. Yeah, no, no. I think I think it's actually a really good point. People uh, get really upset about that on Twitter. People are like bring back Kyle Stain. It's like steady on. Yeah, I think <laughs> Stain's on. a great player, but I think it was probably too early for him. I think it's interesting that Hutchison is not been gifted a start in either of these two games. Yeah. Because he is the one that everybody's yeah, talking what about. That says. He did make an impact. It, ma- it makes he me think he's probably going to go. That's, that's what I think as well. Yeah. In my mind, I think it's, you know, you've got Hutchison, Horn and Harris now sort of shooting out for that fourth seat on the plane because I think Hugh Jones is going. But then once and again, Taylor once again, and Taylor why, and Jones are going. Why haven't you given Hutchison a start? He's never. He's going to have gone to a World Cup, the, never having started a match apart one, from potentially Georgia. Well, there it's, is one. That's more, like he is, is bloody good, but that's just so. It seems so dumb. There is yeah. one more. There is, as you say, one more game next weekend against Georgia away before the the team is named on the third of September. So they're announcing the squad, and then do they have one more World Cup? One more game, and then they fly out the day after or something like that. Squad being announced at Linlithgow Palace. Linlithgow Palace, yeah. Didn't even yep. know it was the birthplace of Mary Queen and Scots until the press release. So interesting. Great to see it though. Yep. Went yeah. on a school went on a school trip there once. Did you? Yeah. I mean, we big, went to the school. Big fireplaces. We went to the same school. Big fireplaces. <laughs> Why don't you go on the trip? Other <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> um, front row. I was going to say front row. Gordy Reid, Ayrshire Bulls, um, getting a start. George Turner. I mean, 
that would probably be Fraser Brown in, in a world where he is uh, fit. Turner'll chuck himself around against the French at least. Yeah, he'll try and smash someone. The thing is, Turner with a better, you know, Turner with a bigger and better pack around him. You'd almost like quite like him there. Yeah, I gotta know Gordy Reid versus like Slimani. Yeah, that's not going to be much fun. <sighs> if there's one thing that Gordy I... Reid does do, it's scrummage though. That's kind of like the popular conception. I just don't know if it's actually true. Yeah, I'm not you sure. You can't do anything true. else, so it's like, oh, he must be a scrummager. But I think if you look at the actually from about three to ten, it looks pretty strong. We don't know about Blade Thompson yet, and Cummings maybe is a bit very exciting, you know, an unknown mm-hmm. prospect. But I think like having Nell Skinner, yeah, what Wilson in that kind of back row where. He doesn't have to worry about carrying, and he can just sort of do the you know, be a dog's body, and then Laidlaw and, and Russell. He will be abrasive. Yeah, Wilson will be leading the line, and I just I feel off. like that. I feel quite kind of comfortable with with that as your spine. Blade Thompson just needs to make one like ten meter break from a pop off Finn Russell, and everyone's just going to be like, "We've found our man. We've got him. <laughs> We've yeah. got him. Finally found the an final eight. piece of the jigsaw has arrived." I'm excited to see him. Is, yeah, is, this is the, one of the most. This is more hotly anticipated than Edinburgh's new kit, which they've been trailing for about six weeks now. <laughs> like, Blade Thompson's been, you know, on the tip of everyone's tongues for a year, eighteen yeah. months. And honestly, he looks like one scary motherfucker. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> Between him he and looks Skinner. More, I think he looks more scary than he actually is. It's the tats, bald head, beard. He's big. The name as well. He's a big... Think, and of, the, think of the headlines. I mean, he stole yeah. my nickname. You, you were called the Blade I, for a while. I was called no the Blade knows, for a while. I think you might have just maybe <laughs> self-nominated nickname. Yeah, no one knows where that came turn from. Turn up at school, they're like, what you call yourself? It's like, well, my name's Amber. Everyone calls me the Blade, so that's fine. Really? I can totally I'm imagine call you, you saying that. Yeah, I'm going to call you Alan. That's fine. Yeah, it's something good to see Hamish Watson yep, on he'll the make team difference. sheet as well. He'll make a massive difference. Yeah. I feel like you'll probably kind of revel with that sort of opponent pack yeah. as well. That's yeah. like the sort of thing he likes. All I see on this team sheet is a lot of people I don't want to get injured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to remember, like I said, we're not, uh, we're not England. Like, we have a very shallow player pool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Like, <laughs> if Finn goes down, we're just... I think if Finn, I think Finn is absolutely the, yeah, he is the man so that key. if we get an injured, the injury there, we are... Yeah. I might just not watch the World Cup if he goes we're, down. Just check I think we should completely. just... Just pull out. Just be like, look, just save, save the money, save the environment while the flights. Be like, look, we're building. We've got an eight-year World Cup cycle. Right. But don't we have to win the World Cup in Dodson's master plan? Well, that was the 2015 I've, World Cup. I've been looking at the annual report today, and they have, without any fanfare, changed that goal. Semi-fi- <laughs> semi-fi- it's semi-final. Semi-final. Are they actually? Yeah, and yeah, I, d- I don't even think it's... Maybe the stretch goal is to win the Six Nations at oh, one point, I'll... but... Love a but base it's not, a it's not. It's not really, it's <laughs> not like, you know, before it was like, we will win the World Cup. It's not even sort of saying, we will win the Six Nations. It's like, finish top three in the Six Nations. I like it. But win the World Cup. Oh, they're like, oh, you mean well, that? Well, not anymore. You mean that? That was our stretch plan. This yeah, exactly. Is, this is yeah. the base yeah. plan. Yeah. This is what yeah. we're working to. Which we've succeeded in doing <laughs> by finishing yeah. fifth. It's all about retrospectively repurposing your goals to what you've actually achieved. At work. Yeah, I agree. So, fair play to Dodson. Yeah. Um, so what do we reckon? What's our predictions for the weekend? Um, 
Should we quickly talk about the band? I think there's some interesting. Yeah. Okay. Band. I thought George Horn. <laughs> sorry, I just thought I, I'd give him a quick mention yeah. because I actually thought George Horn da- did what George Horn does when he came on against France last week. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Adds that little bit of pace and. But why? Why aren't you starting King Horn? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why Hoggy's starting. He didn't have a fantastic game. He didn't last have a great weekend. game. Maybe he needs to play his way into some form. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But I feel like you know, there's some positions where you, I know you want to, and I know actually, to be fair, Hogg does play that second receiver role with Russell quite a lot. So maybe there's like a few of those sort of combinations yeah. that are trying to sort of just get going again. Yeah, because actually, when they played, <laughs> I know they lost it again. One of my favourite games they've ever played was when Scotland lost that New, Ze- New Zealand in mm. that game, and just one of the best things they did in that whole game was literally Finn Russell chucked it half the pitch and Hogg was in the middle of the pitch yeah, exactly. and would chuck it another half the pitch. Yeah. Or, just, or he'd take on some forwards. Exactly. And just that width that they both give you in terms of their passing ability and then they're being able to attack the line at the same time. Mm. I just love... When they're both in sync, it's just such a great thing to, to watch. Yeah, I agree. So I would have liked to see Kinghorn get at least in the back three, but ultimately you, know, you want to see Seymour and Maitland getting some game time as well. So, but no, I think again it's good, especially that those backs replacements, forwards replacements. I don't really feel like you're getting that much off the yeah. bench. But 25 minutes ago, you're in a tight game; people are getting tired. The fact you could bring a George Horn, Rory Hutchinson, and Blair Kinghorn. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah, and you've you got know who's, you know who played 12 that day against New Zealand? Pion? No, uh, that's what I thought, but. I just looked it up. I think Horn came on off the bench. Uh, oh, God. That's so annoying. Yeah, uh, Horn was on the bench. Matt Scott? Nope. The the forgotten centre. Alex Dunbar? Yeah. There was yeah. a call on Twitter today. Yeah. Was in, how far, there was, how far yeah. we have fallen well, since Well, there, there was an interview left. with Dunbar on yeah, the score was. today. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Okay, another thing we've not touched on, and it's not our forte... But okay. props, props. Well, and Bergen Fagerson, was playing. Fagerson went onto the loose. No, Bergen went on the loose. One of them went onto the loose. Bergen went because Townsend was talking about that today. Yeah, which I think he was talking about it in the context of being able to take five, five rather than versus six, six yeah. which means that you'd have to have someone that covered both sides of the scrum. So Bergen looked pretty shit in the scrum overall, even on mm. his preferred side. So. I would take six props. <laughs> it's a pretty small front row, isn't it? Batty, Bergen, and McAnally. Yeah. 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 It seemed like, to be, to be fair, I, th- I think Bergen's been pretty good in the last couple of years. That was the first game I've kind of thought, agree. what's the hell's happening a poor in game, the scrum? Yeah. yeah. So maybe we shouldn't sort of judge too harshly, because I think there's a few people saying that he has sort of written himself off. Yeah, with that performance, I, but again, again, I don't know if it's a fitness issue, but super surprised that Alan Dell hasn't been given some game time. Well, I, guess I, I agree, but then I suppose Dell this season for Edinburgh hasn't been playing at all. Because the Schumann, Schumann. Yeah, that's or true. Or even like um, Sutherland. Yeah. Well, I don't think Sutherland really played, but, but really, Schumann in particular. Dell was playing, re- was relatively short for Scotland. During well, the Six in Nations. Six Nations, yeah. Um, but yes. Well, maybe he's nailed on then, if he's not played in the first two matches. It still feels like Nell is going to start... No, but Dell's on the other side Dell's of the scrum. Fuck's sake. Dell's, Dell's <laughs> a one. Come on, even I've learned this now. Dell's a, Dell's a one. So it's between Dell and Gordy Reid 
as the and well, they're definitely both going to go then, and right? Batty's the Batty is won't the third go. Loose head. Batty was unless you take three, and then, and then what? Ber- Nell, Ber- Nell Bergen and, and Fagerson and Fagerson are your three tights. So that's still only five props. Who's the other tight head in the squad then? Uh, number one, sorry, loose head. Gordy Reed, Dell, Alan Dell, and Batty. Batty and Jamie Batty. Those. Are so you might have to take Batty then. Take all six. But then they were going to take. So if they can switch either whoever is Bergen or Ferguson. Yeah, but I just, I just don't think they're going to do that. You, you can't just suddenly before we all cut be like, oh, by the way, you have to play on the other side of the scrum. Tony can do what he wants. Yeah, but this is part of the problem with Tooney. <laughs> Tooney sounded seriously gutted after that match, I which makes me think that there wasn't some sort of grand plan to like can, can periodize people and it's, stuff. It's like, exactly what I thought. He sounded I think they were, dark. I think they were all genuinely shell shocked at what had happened. Yeah, it remo- it's sort of like see the interview with Ali Price. Yeah, he was like. I've never seen him anything but chirpy and you know chipper. Yeah, he just, was raging. I just imagine like obviously having never played sports at any level, but you go into these camps and imagine it's sort of like do you almost like buy your own hype? Do you well, think Barclays, we doing, Barclay said that in an interview saying that like we're doing you know, unbelievable amounts of prep. Yeah. We must be the fittest team in the world. We must be an unbelievable nick. Well, that's the thing. Every, out of every camp leading to World Cup, it's like our mantra is we work harder than the next person. Exactly. It's like, yeah. well, you can't all be doing that. It, you know, yeah. it, that's just not true. There has to be something else. And Barclay said that in an interview, it's quite easy to sort of go into this kind of bubble where you yeah. think you're sweet. Because I'm sure they're training really well and they'll be, you know, they'll be in the peak condition. They'll be putting PRs on their like row times and Absolutely, lifts and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a different story when you get onto the pitch. Absolutely. Um, can we bounce, bounce back? Let's have a look. Matt, predictions? I think having Finn there is really important. And I think Finn has enough to lead Scotland to victory. You need to remember that like, France could be awful this week. Yes. They're so inconsistent. Um, having said that, they have picked pretty much the same team. Uh, I think it'll be close. But I think Scotland need to win more than France. I think Scotland will win by five. Sold out BT Murrayfield. Obviously. Great to be back out there. Alan, thoughts? I think Scotland will lose by 12. Wow. 12. Hello. I think if Scotland had put out a full team, I would potentially have backed them to win. I just think it, it's... I think, yeah, it's, it's reasonable. France have got their starting team with a couple of changes, which are 15... Uh, second row and hooker it doesn't really change much that's going on they're all quite marginal calls as well and it's also, not like you're, they're dropping yeah. in lads that have, they, brought, they brought in the captain yeah exactly so, <laughs> yeah. and probably they're starting second row I'd say I can't remember the guy who played oh well that guy's out of the World Cup so <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. the other yeah. guy um, and again there's just a lot of areas of that Scotland team that are probably second or potentially even third choice and I think they will really really struggle if France play anything close to like they did on the weekend. Hmm. All right. Good. All right. All right. I am minded to go halfway between. I think France will win. I'm going to repeat my prediction from last week's game, which is France to win by a score. That'd probably be quite good, actually. <laughs> I just, in the grand scheme of things. I think that, as, as Alan said, you know, there's an awful lot of our first team in here, but there's also an awful lot of people that are fighting to be on the plane. I have huge 
sincere doubts about Pete Horn and Chris Harris's ability to, you know, cause that French defence any trouble. They're against Fofana and Fiku as well. But then again, if you can get... I've just got horrible images of, like, Raka just hitting, like... Putting Raka oh. straight down Pete Horn's channel. Yeah, Lopez to Fofana inside bolted Raka. Yeah. And Finn Russell's tackling is pretty terrible as well. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, Laidlaw's covering, so he'll take Raka down. He's played with them. They play together. Yeah, he knows, yeah knows they know each, each other. Knows the guy. So, yeah, Rack and Panua, like, we know how Laidlaw plays. <laughs> yeah, well, it works well, the way everyone's yeah. <laughs> Everyone, come in, come in. I've got to tell you yeah. what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to really slowly yeah. wait. He'll, he'll never make a break, so you can just shift straight onto the <laughs> ten. But I think we are going to see big performance from Sam Skinner. Yeah. And I think we're going to see an underwhelming performance by Blade Thompson. Underwhelming. I think he'll be all right. Exactly. I think he'll be all right versus the I, I'm, 18 I'm, That's an optimistic all right rather than an I think versus all of the hype. I think you'll have an extremely average performance, but we'll do one 10-meter break <laughs> and one behind the kind of... Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Be, yeah. he, does, he runs do, with it in one hand, doesn't he? Flap. And we will buy into the hype. He'll we'll, do a cla- we'll rip he'll, a couple of gifts from doing both yeah. of those things, and we'll just get right into do. The he'll trend. do that on like the 73rd minute with yeah. the game oh, yeah. way gone. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Blades, if you can do that, our followers would enjoy that. We'll get good likes and engagement on exactly. our social medias if you can do that. That's what it's all about. Um, my Did brother's you... taking his six, uh, six-month-old daughter to the game. Her first game. First trip to BT Murrayfield. BT Murrayfield. Oh, my word. She, she's really excited about it. I still remember my first day at BT Murrayfield yeah, when exactly. I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't exist before that. 15 sellouts, though. It is, I mean... That is, that is amazing. We do slag off the commerciality of the SRU quite a lot, but yeah. selling out a pre-World Cup warm-up against France yeah. is quite impressive. And that getting is. George Foreman on board as your official... And George Foreman. Grill <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> you know, he's, he's walking the ball out. <laughs> George Foreman's taking the ball. Love that. He's so good. Should we get a petition? Go fund me for George Foreman to... I can't believe we did win the World Cup in 1871. <laughs> Yeah. No one talks about that enough. I know, I know. People forget. People forget. Um, Righto. Well, before we finish on an extreme high, Matt has done a quiz. Very Um, quick, hopefully. Um, We are going to have a quick word from our partners over at Find a Player. Sorry for this brief interruption to us talking absolute nonsense, but wanted to remind you that we're really proud to be working with the guys at Find a Player this season. The Find a Player app is where you can play whatever sport you want with other listeners of this podcast or people that are nearby. So if you fancy challenging another listener to a game of squash, or if you're looking for some new players for your rugby club this season, get yourself onto the Apple iTunes store and download the Find a Player app for free. You can also join the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast page on Find a Player and you'll be listed with other listeners of the show. Download the app for free, that's Find a Player, and check out the link that we're going to put in the description of the podcast and the passcode THISTLE, that's all caps THISTLE, and you will be registered as a THISTLE listener with all of the best people out there. And then you can challenge them to a game of squash, a game of five-a-side, or a game of touch. Get involved. That's the Find a Player app. Download it now. All right, so that's Find a Player on the app, and uh, they're sponsoring this quiz from Matt, which I think is probably like a couple, only a couple times you've done the quiz, isn't it? 
Yeah, I always feel quite a lot of pressure. I try to look through the annual report and find a sort of accountancy-based quiz, but, I mean, obviously that would be dry, but the annual report is super, super dry. So, that's also, Just that's, as I know, I'm going to give George Foreman a little bit of credit because the first ever rugby match was 1871. Yeah. So I think... Did we win it? Yeah, we, we beat England. England. Oh, sweet. Okay, well, so you did know what he was talking at, about. At... place. So... Maybe we've been a bit. We've been harsh to we've been harsh to George Foreman. I apologise, George. Don't apologise. Um, <laughs> right. So it's like a who am I style. Okay. 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 Yeah, I like these. So, so what? When if like we want to say an answer, do we just guess or do we say like you just guess? Stop? But then one guess at a time. One guess. One guess per right. round. Okay. Yeah. Fifty-six caps for Scotland. You want to have a guess? Uh, um, uh, play for both what? Edinburgh and Glasgow. It's, it's not him. Fifty-six cap plays for both. He captained Scotland in the two thousand and nine victory Slow over down. Australia. Slow down. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ! The caps in Edinburgh and Glasgow doesn't really narrow it down that much, does yeah, it? Yeah, no. He captained Scotland. Captained in two thousand and nine. Yeah, when they beat Australia in was it Brisbane? Newcastle. Over Newcastle. He's got it. Dave's got oh, it. That's geez. that's big. That's big. Yes. That is big. <laughs> he also captained the Barbarians against Australia in 2014. Fair play, big guy. Yeah. Yeah, my final clue was going to be ambassador for Scottish rugby. So. <laughs> <laughs> would you have, would you have got originally played his rugby at Allen's Glen? Glens? No. He made no How many off. games he, he must have been very early in his career when he played for Edinburgh? He only played about 10 games. 10 games. And then he went back doing the road. So then he had a kind of Scott Murray, people like that ahead of him. Well done, Dave. This, this one's quite much. niche. Um, won 11 caps for Scotland. He was a member of both the 1999 and 2003 World Cup squads. Okay. Um, he was born in Christchurch. And educated at Auckland Grammar. Oh fuck! That probably still doesn't. That, that was probably back to Kiwi time. I don't know if you can ask questions in this. Okay, sorry. You played for Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Leeds Tykes. Gordon Ross. You're yeah. you're wrong. No, no. It's um. It's the lad. He was. He also he played for Watsonians. Can yeah. there? Yes, he's got yes. it again. <laughs> what was the next clue? Um, it was going to be played his club rugby at Watsonians. God damn it. Yeah. Watsonians legend well. Cammy Way there. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I remember you had a big game for Scotland. Only one more. So I've lost. Yeah, but let's do the other one. See okay. if you can you know, avoid ah, great, pure shame. Great to pick up a win. I know. What, happen, what do you have to do if you get, if you gra- get grannied? <laughs> Clean sheet. I'll go home. You go <laughs> in that's disgrace. Fair, that's fair enough. I've got, you, you want to go home though. Uh, okay. Won eight caps for Scotland. <laughs> ben Hinchwood. James McLaren. You're both out then, so. No, we get one each. Yeah, one, one per round. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. One per clue. Uh, he played for Edinburgh and Glasgow, but he only had one appearance for the latter. Sean Kennedy? No. He's had quite a few. Kennedy's not had any caps for Scotland either. Is he not? Don't think so. Uh, okay. Um... He made 117 appearances for Edinburgh. Bit of an Edinburgh, Edinburgh Centurion. 
Um, he played in the center. Rob Dewey? It's, it's of that ilk, but it's not Rob uh. Dewey. The other, the other clues are quite... Uh, mm. He was young player of the season in 07, 08. Okay. <laughs> Alongside Nick DeLuca, he holds oh. the record for tries at under-21 level for Scotland, which I think was one season of like that age bracket. I feel like Ben Cairns, but... That's the boy, Ben Cairns. The ben Cairns. Right. Ben Cairns. Yeah, I haven't yeah. played for Glasgow. He played his first ever game on loan for Glasgow against Cardiff. That really oh. threw me. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that might. Uh, my other clues are going to be... 117 caps for Edinburgh. Yeah. That's a good career, isn't it? Originally played at Curry and is a Super 6 coach, which would have given it away. Yeah. But there we go. That's good. I like the Who Are You format. No, yeah. The Who Are You format is good. It's very, very good. Um, well, that's it. Yeah, bloody hell, it's 55 minutes. How do we manage that? I have no idea. It's quite rambling in part, so yeah. apologies for that. Thanks for making it to the tail end. I thought you would rip into me for my Vegas trip. I'm yeah. just about to. Are you? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm glad. just about to say that Matt and I will be back yeah, next will. week. Yep. Alan is not here because he's going to see Elton John in Las Vegas. It's true. A lifelong dream. Big fan. Fucking love Elton. To be fair, Elton <laughs> is class. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous of that. The that overall trip culminating in Elton. Yeah. How have the negotiations gone with the two girlfriends about times that you and um, Bertie are allowed in the casinos, no questions asked, on your own? Yeah, well, I proposed like six hours and $400, <laughs> and Ash counted with 10 hours and $200. So you're allowed longer, but with less cash. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's awful. That's like a punishment. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be with you, but I'd like to mitigate my risk here. <laughs> Such a lawyer. Yeah. I know, I know. That's, you're, you're, that's tough negotiation. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. So we're well, still... That, you'll be away for... I'm taking the Boris Johnson route. I'm going to just wait right till the end. I'm going to, I believe she's going to crack at the last minute. That she will crack. <laughs> well, great. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks then. Yes. I'll be back we'll, in... Well, I'll be back after the Georgia, the, the second Georgia game. I'll land back 9th of September. 9th of September? Yeah. Who knows what will have happened in those two weeks in the world of Scottish rugby. Two more a losses. Vague, two more losses. I know. Yeah. Can't wait to be the only person in Vegas watching Scotland, Georgia. Like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> shout out to anybody who is in Vegas yep. that is watching the game. Alan's going to be there. Shout, Hook sh- your brother up. Shout out, I think, San Francisco next Saturday for the Scotland-Georgia game. And nice. then Vegas the next Saturday morning. Whoa. You can Scotland, find Georgia. somewhere to watch that. We've got, actually, USA is one of our biggest yeah. markets. So if anyone is yeah. on the West Coast. Reach out. I did float the idea of going to an Irish pub and watching the Scotland-France game. And my girlfriend sort of looked at me like I was joking. <laughs> and I decided not to say anything. Don't push it. Don't push it. Pretended it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's Again, you can do. Going to go with the Boris Johnson angle and just just wait right till the end <laughs> and Charles Chuck and a Hail Mary. I watched England Fiji in the first game of the 2015 World Cup in a hotel in Marrakesh. Nice. I remember that. that, I remember that, how that was not it wor- it's not worth it in any, <laughs> any, any respect. <laughs> it was a rubbish hotel, rubbish match, and yeah. obviously you pay for after. I feel like if it, was a ru- if it was an actual rugby World Cup game, it's worth it. But for a Scotland-Georgia warm-up game that I could potentially just watch at, at another point, it's, yeah. yep. it's not worth it. But well, you're then. definitely going to push for it on the day. So that'll be good. Yeah. On that high point. We'll yep. see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Sign up to Beer52 and download the Finder Player app.
Peace. Peace. See ya. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.